continue our way through Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 11 and 12 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege we have of gathering together in this place. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the teaching of your word. And we do pray that you bless our time together now in the word of God. May your word, Father, indeed uh, be open unto us. May we uh, see in it, Father, that which you have for us. And may we be blessed by its truth. Lord, I pray as your servant you'd help me to have clarity of thought, may I just speak exactly what your word would have me to say today and what you would have me to say today, and Lord, that you might receive all the praise and all the glory. This is a time of such importance, Father God, for us as believers. Lord God, you'd equip us through your word this day. Guide us now, we pray, as we study your word together. This we ask in Jesus' name. You know, whether you turn to the earliest pages of the Old Testament or you look in the prophets and the writers of the four Gospels, or the writers of the epistles and even the book of Revelation, at every turn in the word of God, we're reminded of Satan's existence and we're warned about his activities. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is doing here in Ephesians. He's describing for you and I as believers the Christian warfare that you and I are engaged in in this world and showing to you and I that it is not merely a struggle against visible enemies, but it is indeed a very real spiritual battle. It's a struggle against the devil and those spiritual powers that stand behind him and behind the enemies that we see. You know, it's interesting when you study this passage of Ephesians chapter 6 that Paul does not call the believers to enter into spiritual warfare. He simply announces it as a fact. That is what he says here in verse uh, uh, 12. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He states the fact fact that you and I are engaged in this warfare, for we wrestle not. It's not a matter of the fact that you and I are are called arms, that you and I are being called up, and uh, we've got a choice as whether we go and serve or not. This is a fact. He declares as a statement of fact, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and so on. The truth is, beloved, we are in a spiritual battle, a holy war, if you like. And all of us who know Jesus Christ are saved in need to understand that according to Ephesians 6, that we are indeed engaged in a battle. Here in this passage, there are at least three indicators to show us that we are in a war. We saw last week the first of these that we're called soldiers in verses 10 and 11. And today we're going to look at the fact that we are we have an enemy. And the third reason why we know we're in a holy war is because we're in a battle. So notice with me today, first of all, that we know that we're in a war because we have an enemy. Verse 11 and 12. Put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high 
places. Beloved, we have an enemy, a very real enemy. An enemy that's powerful, an enemy that's seeking to destroy us, seeking to devour us, and we cannot defeat him in our own strength. And our enemy is none other than the devil himself. Verse 11 tells us that, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil himself, Satan, is our enemy. As he was for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he is indeed, even today, for you and I as believers, he is a very real enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. We need to be on guard, beloved, because our enemy, the devil, is a very powerful foe. He's not someone that you and I should take lightly. He's not someone that you and I should joke about. He's not someone that you and I should just simply uh, forget about. He's a very real, a very powerful enemy. Note, first of all, his devices here. It says that we are to put on the whole armor of God that we will stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. Now, the various arts, the various strategies he employs to... Uh, drag souls of men down into sin and to wickedness. We noted last week that the word rendered wiles here means trickery, cunning. By his tricks, by his cunning, by his craftiness, he seeks to get you and I to disobey Almighty God and get you and I to be dragged down into the depths of sin. As he did for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he came subtly as a serpent and beguiled Eve, we're told in 2 Corinthians. And Satan would love to beguile you and I. In fact, the Apostle Paul was concerned in Corinthians that we would not be beguiled and turned away from the simplicity which is in Christ. The devil wants to corrupt the doctrine of the Word of God. The devil wants to corrupt the teaching on salvation. He certainly wants believers to be dragged down to sin. And he does it by his cunning trickery by his wiles. You know, he's not called a lion, a dragon, a serpent without just cause. Those names are given to him because they describe the character of our enemy. He's a dragon. He's a serpent. He's a liar. He's a lion. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14, we're told he often masquerades as an angel of light. He seeks to deceive he seeks to convince us that sin is delight, that sin is pleasant, that sin is something you and I want to get engaged in. It's the pleasures of sin. Sin is appealing. And his wiles, his cunning devices are used by him in an attempt to delude and destroy us. You know, it would be easier for you and I to fight a foe who is open and upfront than to meet an enemy who is full of deceit and guile and cunning and craft. That's why we need weapons of our Christian warfare that are not carnal, but they are spiritual. If we're going to meet the devil's attempts to draw us away into a snare. That's why we're told in verse 11 to put on the whole armor of God. That's why from verse 13 onwards, we're given a description of what that armor is. 
Because if you and I are going to defeat this enemy, this one who is cunning and crafty, and this one who is full of these deceits, then you and I are going to have to fight him with weapons of warfare that have nothing to do with Carl, but they are spiritual for the tearing down of strongholds. The idea here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11 at the end where it talks about the wiles of the devil, Satan does not carry on open warfare. He doesn't meet you and I as Christian soldiers face to face, so to speak. One commentator said he advances covertly, makes his approaches in darkness, employs cunning rather than power, and seeks rather to delude and betray than to vanquish by mere force. And therefore, it's necessary for us to be constantly armed to meet him. Another commentator said, a man who has to contend with a visible enemy may feel safe if he only prepares to meet him in the open field. And he goes on to say, but it is a far different if the enemy is invisible, if he steals upon us by stealth, if he practices war only by ambushes and by surprises. That's our enemy. You and I are engaged in a guerrilla warfare, beloved. We're not in an open field and, and we are there to see the enemy and we can see the whites of their eyes and you and I can compete with the enemy. You and I are engaged in a guerrilla warfare where the devil comes by deceit and comes by guile and he attacks from here and he attacks from there and attacks from places where we don't expect an attack. Right now, the, the Finlays are under attack from an enemy that, that really shouldn't be there. Caught them by surprise. And that's what the devil does. He doesn't engage in open warfare. He, he is one who is full of wiles, deceit, and cunning craft. That's the foe that we face, beloved, that we have to contend with. And almost every Christian struggle that you and I are engaged in ultimately is a warfare against the cunning, the guile, and the wiles of the devil. Simply put, Satan does not openly appear. He doesn't play by the rules, folks. He doesn't come wearing a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. He comes to us with some plausible doctrine or some temptation that appeals to us or some seemingly uh, 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 a plausible attack against you and I. He presents the world and its ways as very appealing to us. One commentator said he invites us to the pleasures that seem to be harmless and leads us in indulgence until we have gone so far that we cannot retreat. Beloved, this one, the Satan, the devil, is a powerful foe. He's not a myth. He's not a fairy tale. And he ought not to be taken lightly. We need to be on guard, beloved. Because our adversary, the devil, will go with the boat like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and he will use cunning and craft and devices to bring us down. We become ineffective for Jesus Christ. We can't defeat him alone. We must advance in God's strength and God's power because he is a very powerful foe. Something else that we need to know about our adversary is not only that he has devices, but 
Look at his army in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is his army. He has a powerful army, so much so that it gives the appearance of um, omnipresence. Now, he is only one foe in the sense that Satan can't be everywhere at once, but he has a mighty army, principalities and powers, rulers of darkness in this present world, spirit of wickedness in high places. He has a powerful army that goes with him to fight the battle and gives the appearance of omnipresence. These hosts are waging war against God's people. Their goal is to bring us down. If you and I were just fighting the devil alone, then the fight would be bad enough. For at least he could only be in one place at one time. But you and I are not fighting the devil alone. You and I are fighting against a foe that not only is devious and cunning and full of wiles, but he's, an, uh, he's a foe who has a mighty army at his disposal with the same passion, the same goal, to destroy the work of God, to tear down the believers so we become ineffective for God. That's why 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We're to be sober. The word sober means watch. We're to have our eyes wide open. We're to watch. We're to be sober. The word vigilant means keep awake. Peter used the similar two different words to explain the same, same kind of idea. You and I are to be sober. We're to watch and we're to keep awake. Keep on watching. Be alert. He's not playing at games, beloved. It's serious stuff. He's fighting for keeps. He wants to devour you, and he wants to devour me. He wants to destroy the work of God. And we're fighting a very powerful foe with a mighty army. He would, get, we, he would have us get discouraged to go astray, to walk away from the faith, or become entangled with the affairs of this world and the affairs of worldliness. Therefore, we must bring ourselves under the leadership and the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ and let him direct our steps. Let him empower us. Let him encourage us. That's why it says that you and I are to stand in the, and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might in verse 10, which we saw last week. There's a warfare for the souls of men that is going on today. We're engaged in a spiritual warfare. We need his strength to stand. We know that we're in a holy war because we're cold soldiers. We know that we're in an holy war because we have an enemy. Thirdly, we know that we're in a holy war because we're in a battle which verse 12 describes for us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're in a battle. First, Peter, uh, First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 
This is fight, the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. We're to fight the good fight of faith. We're in a battle. A battle for the souls of men. A battle for the testimony of Almighty God. And the Apostle Paul didn't encourage Timothy just to follow the faith or go forward in the faith, but he told him to fight the good fight of faith. Stand up for the faith. Stand up for righteousness. Stand boldly for the truth. Defend that which is right. Oppose that which is wrong. Fight the good fight of the faith. You know, Paul is not just using the language of warfare to get our attention. He's actually telling us to fight the fight because you and I are in a war. We're in a battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this present world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You and I are engaged in a very real, very uh, difficult battle. And you know with me that this is no ordinary battle. It's just firstly, it's not a physical battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now the word wrestle here means hand-to-hand -hand combat. You and I are engaged in hand-to-hand -hand combat. We're not spectators. We're in what the army calls close combat. Quarter conflict. We're going through the streets and we're engaging the enemy, this covert enemy, this guerrilla warfare. You and I are going through the streets and we're coming across pockets of the enemy who are seeking to devour us. And if we're not on our guard, they will. It's as though you and I are in a town, you know, that we're, we're seeking to capture back from the enemy. And as we go through the town, the town is laced with enemy hidden away in buildings and on tops of roofs and various places. And there's traps, there's booby traps, there's car bombs and other things all around the place. And you and I have to be alert the whole time that we are engaged in the battle. It's hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's guerrilla warfare that you and I are engaged in. Christian life is not a game. We're engaged in a war. And many believers are losing the war because they are either not aware of the fact that they're in a war or they're simply playing games. Notice it says that we are wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now the apostle has doesn't mean here, or doesn't mean to say here that the Christian had no enemies among men that there wasn't flesh and blood enemies, that there wasn't some opponents to the things of Christ that had flesh and blood. They, the, they were exposed often to fiery persecution, particularly in Paul's day. There were very real enemies, very real physical enemies, very real people that they were 
they were engaged with. He's not suggesting that we don't fight and have battles with people and with governments, nor that they had nothing to contend with their flesh. But what he's trying to say is that the main battle was with invisible spirits of wickedness that start to destroy us. And that behind many of those physical enemies is simply the devil. The people may well be opposing us, but the truth is that behind them is a greater agenda, and that's the agenda of the enemy, the real enemy, the devil himself. That he's empowering people to stand up against righteousness, to stand against God's law and God's truth. And while you and I may be engaged in a battle with individuals or governments, the reality is behind them there's a spiritual battle being fought that we're engaged in. I mean, remember that there's a bigger picture here. That those things that you and I have to battle against, those, those agendas that this world has, that you and I struggle against, that you and I have to take a stand against. You know, I remember there's a greater picture here. There's a bigger picture here. There's a spiritual war in being engaged, and you and I are simply just seeing part of that battle. It's as though this is our battle. We're in this corner of the, of the city, and it, it, this is our skirmish with this set of troops. But there's a big battle going on all over the city. All over the world, the devil is engaged in a warfare against the forces of Almighty God, and you and I as believers engage in that battle, sometimes with individuals, but it's a battle that we're engaged in. The battle is very real, and it's not against flesh and blood. And that's often lost on many Christians. Beloved, we're not really fighting people, nor are we supposed to be fighting each other for that matter. We're fighting a battle not against flesh and blood, but notice what he says. We're fighting a battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rules of darkness in this present world, in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're fighting a spiritual battle. It's not a battle that can be readily seen, but often it's fought on the battlefield of the mind. Look in Second Corinthians, please. Chapter 10. Send Corinthians chapter 10, if you would. And verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God are the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having, re having in and readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You and I are engaged in a battle, not against flesh, but often against the, a battle for the mind. There is a warfare going on in this world which is seeking to convince you and I that what the Bible says is right, is right. You listen to it all day long, listen to the media, listen to the news, and listen how they push forward an agenda 
that is contrary to the word of God and it's a form of brainwashing that's seeking to get you and I convinced that that which God's word says is wrong is right. It's a battle for the control of our minds. If the devil can get you and I thinking like the world thinks, then he can get you and I acting like the world acts. And if what a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You and I will walk contrary to the things of God and the battle will be lost. And the battle is intensifying, beloved. You listen to the radio, you listen to the news on TV, you listen to even some programs that are, uh, uh, you know, National Geographic programs that suppose about the planet and all that. You listen to the underlying theme, and there's a theme that's opposed to the truth of Almighty God, whether it be a, against creation for evolution, or all the way through to uh, other things that the Bible teaches to be absolute, that are undermining, it's going on and it's intensifying. The battle is raging and many times we are oblivious to it because we hear it all the time and we don't realize what the devil is doing. He is, he is trying to get you and I to be desensitized so that we no longer stand for truth. And we just go along with the, the philosophy of the world. See, the devil is fighting for souls of men, for the allegiance and their attention. Because by that he can destroy the work and character of Almighty God and have the victory. So this warfare is against rulers or spiritual forces of evil. And Paul uses here a variety of terms to refer to, refer to the spiritual enemy. He calls them principalities and powers and rules of darkness and spiritual wickedness. The picture here is that in this army that the devil controls, this spiritual army that's his, that we're engaged in, has certain ranks. There's principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of darkness. There's ranks within this army of enemies. And yet, they all have one goal. To defeat God by the knocking the Christian down from the place of standing. To prevent us from testifying to the saving grace of Almighty God. To have you and I so worldly, so wounded, so discouraged, to be ineffective for God, that you and I are no longer an effective testimony, an effective witness for Him. So those in darkness cannot see the light. At the end of the day, it's somewhat irrelevant if a particular opponent who faces a principality or a power or a rule of darkness in this age, collectively, they're all members of spiritual wickedness in high places. Simply put, it doesn't really matter which one of these ranked officials you and I are facing at any given time their goal is the same. And they're all part of the spiritual wickedness in high places, irrespective of their rank and position. Whether you and I are facing a principality of power or a rule of darkness, it doesn't matter. Their goal's the same, their end's the same, they're seeking to discourage us, 
seeking to prevent us from being a witness of Jesus Christ, seeking to corrupt us so that you and I seek to be effective for him. The enemy is very active seeking you and I to destroy us. We're all part of a spiritual army that's organized and established in the ranks. What we need to understand is the devil's enemy, the devil's army is not a ramshackle bunch of people who just don't know what they're doing. The devil's army is organized. The devil's army is in ranks. The devil's army has a plan. The devil's army has a purpose. We're facing a foe that is organized, folks. If this foe was just a, just a, a ramshackle bunch of people and was, was disorganized, it'd be easy to defeat. But the reality is the devil has got his army organized. They have a plan. They have a purpose. They know what they're doing. It shouldn't surprise you and I that the enemies of the things of God are well organized. Because he is an org his army is organized. The devil is out to get us to succumb to his devices. To follow his will, adopt the world's philosophies, to walk according to the course of this present world. And to get us so wounded that we're ineffective for the Lord. Beloved, we are all personally affected by this war. We're in a struggle against the forces of evil. And the enemy is fighting not just us as individuals, but fighting against our very way of life as believers. Right now. The battle for same-sex marriage is an attack on the Word of God. Make no mistake about it. it, is, it is, this issue is an attack by Satan on God's truth. It's an attack on the family. It's an attack on the very foundation of our society. You even listen to some unsafe people who are opposed to it. They'll tell you the family unit forms the foundation of Western democracy. It's under attack, beloved. It's not something about hating people. It's not, a, it's not hate speech. It's not hating them as individuals. It's about standing up for truth and righteousness and the word of God. It's an attack on democracy. It's an attack on free speech. And above all, it's an attack on the very faith that we hold dear. We need to pray for our politicians. We need to pray for our country. In this matter, this is not about hating them. They're, they're sinners who need the Savior, beloved. And we love them. We hate sin, but we love the sinner. It's not about hating people. It's not about hating individuals. It's about standing up for righteousness. You know, the Safe Schools program is an attack on the family. It's a desire to promote alternative lifestyles that's contrary to the word of God. Sure, they guise it up as, as anti-bullying, but when places like Victoria in particular, they've gone whole hog with the stuff, it's more than anti-bullying. It's about gender identity and changing the identity, the gender identity of young people. God made them male and female, beloved. It's about corrupting the minds and the lifestyles of our children. 
I heard just this last week there was a new push to ban corporal punishment in the home that you're not allowed to spank your children. That's undermining the parents' ability to train up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's an attack on free speech that seeks to hinder our freedom to preach certain subjects. And the day is coming, if the Lord tarries, where we may suffer persecution greater than we have done. There is preachers in Victoria who've been arrested for speaking up against Islam and speaking up against other things. That's Victoria, because that's a radical left-wing state down there. It hasn't arrived in New South Wales yet. It hasn't arrived nationally yet, but who knows after the next election. Beloved, the, 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 there is a war raging. And we need to remember it's not a fight against individuals. It's not against flesh and blood. We don't hate other people. This is a battle, a spiritual warfare that's been fought. It's against the rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the battle we're fighting, beloved. And that's what's worth standing for. Standing up for righteousness. The devil wants us to fall, to succumb to his devices, to compromise. But as individuals, he wants us to fall. He affects and damages the cause of Christ when we do. Satan is waging a war for the control of the minds, for the control of our children, for the control of our teenagers, and the destruction of the Christian faith. You know, one of the most hated groups in our country this day are Christians, which is bizarre because Christianity is the very foundation of the country. Western democracy has its roots in the Word of God. Our judicial system has its roots in the Word of God. Our political system has its roots in the Word of God. That which we stand for, equality and so on, is a biblical principle. And those very things are under threat today. Christians are seen as the villains. And yet, we're not the ones blowing people up in the streets and carrying out terrible attacks. The devil is seeking to control our minds and the minds of our young people through music, through philosophy, through literature, and now through activists openly opposing the very foundations of our faith. The devil, beloved, is seeking to get our attention and draw us away from the things of God. There's a battle raging. But God wants you and I to stand and fight the good fight. You know, if the Lord tarries, the battle is likely to become even more intense. And the battle lines even more pronounced. It may become ever more difficult to stand, but we must stand, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. In verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, or withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Beloved, what the world needs today more than anything else is Jesus Christ. We don't need social justice. We don't need equality. What mankind needs is a savior. 
if our politicians were saved and if people were saved, what a difference it would make to our society. What people need today as more, more than ever or as much as ever is the Savior. They need Jesus Christ. We can't win the war against the world and the devil by protesting. But you and I can by preaching the gospel, standing firm for the faith. We're at war, beloved. Now more than ever, we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We need to put on the whole armor of God so we may be able to stand. We're all engaged in a holy war as believers. Let's take up the challenge. Let's put on the whole armor of God. Let's take a stand for Jesus Christ, that the gospel of Jesus Christ might go forth in power and souls might be saved. Gracious Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for this challenge, Father God. We're in a war. We're engaged in a battle. Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in high places, against spiritual wickedness. Lord God, help us as believers to stand up for righteousness. Well, we do pray for our politicians at this time. Father God, the move away from the biblical principle of a family. Pray for our country at this time. We're coming up for this uh, vote, Father God, with regard, this postal vote with regard, whether or not to embrace it. We pray, Father God, you just guide, you would help, and you would undertake. Help us as believers to have the boldness to stand for that which is right your glory. Father, we thank you today for your word and for the encouragement it gives to us. We thank you for the armor of God, the whole armor of God that you've given to us, that we may be able to stand against the devil. Lord, help us indeed to put on the whole armor, that we may be able to stand. Bless your word to our hearts today, and bless as we close with a hymn. This we ask in Jesus' name. I'm going to turn to 414, I believe it is.